Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. For nearly 10 years, we've been recording, editing, and podcasting true stories from across the UK. Stories that have made you laugh, made you cry, and made you think about the lives we lead. But to keep going, we need your help. By pledging to support this podcast, we can deliver you amazing news stories, week in, week out. Go to stories.co.uk forward slash donate and pledge now. That's stories.co.uk forward slash donate. Thank you. Welcome to Spark. We tell true stories. We tell them live. And we tell them across the UK. This story was told by Gigi. At our night at the Hackney Attic. When the theme was friendship. So it's the early 90s. I'm living in San Francisco in the midst of the original AIDS epidemic. And uh, back then, this was before the, the miracle drugs that, were, that we have now that basically prevent HIV from turning into AIDS pretty much indefinitely. Um, back then, people were dying like right and left. As soon as somebody would get an HIV diagnosis, like within a year, it seemed they were either had AIDS or were dead. Um, and so I, I wanted to do something to help. And I took, started taking classes on how to be a caregiver for people with AIDS. And then after that, I, I tried being a, a caregiver at a hospital. And um, so I would support AIDS patients and their families while they were in the hospital. But I, I found out that I was really miserable at that because I, I just could not detach myself from my emotions. I would just absorb every emotion into myself and uh, would go home like in tears and, and physically and mentally debilitated. And so I quit that. And, um, but around the same time, my best friend from grad school, John, showed up in San Francisco. And he was pale and gaunt. And, but other than that, he was his normal sort of flaming fairy self. And um, so we decided to kind of kind of renew, renew our friendship and kind of go back to that intense relationship we had. But um, we had this tacit denial agreement, like I didn't want to notice it and he didn't want to admit it. And so it took a, a third party, like a mutual friend of ours to tell me, Gigi, John has AIDS. And um, he and I, 
met in grad school. We, we were both um, doing our master's degrees and we were both teaching associates at Ohio State University, which is kind of what we call the Midwest. And um, amongst our cohort, a group of cohorts in that program, we were, we were so intense in, in, in our studies that we had no time for anybody outside that clique other than having inappropriate relationships with our students. Uh, but we, we just, nobody could understand us in this group. And with that, even within that group, there would, you would have like your other, sort of the other half of yourself. So there were pairs within the group and John and I were such a pair. Um, we were soulmates, so we lived together, we thought together, we came up with literary theories together, we taught classes, and we also made up our own language, our own humor, and we would teach it to others by just through entertaining them. So our, the language was sort of like mock literary criticism kind of crossed with bathroom humor. <laughs> and so when we were studying uh, like feminist literary criticism among other flavors of lit crit, um, we decided to come up with our own more radical version and call it clit crit. And we taught it, we, we did like mock workshops in clit crit, and <laughs> we, we tried to disseminate all these like French intellectual buzzwords, and, and it kind of caught on for a year, and, uh, but, but that was, he and I would do these things, and we would go to parties and make up these like wild, outrageous dances, and some of them are, were, you know, based in Freudian psychology, <laughs> you know, it was just like people kind of thought of us as one person, so he was the dancer, but people assumed I was a dancer too. I spoke Arabic and people would assume he spoke Arabic too. Um, and like if anybody asked us a question, we would answer in the we, it was never I, it was we. We were one person. Um, so John would say, we speak Arabic, but we speak with the Egyptian dialect. <laughs> you know, like, and I would say, yeah, we're dancers. Or somebody, somebody would ask me, so what kind of theories are you reading right now, and I'd say, we like clit crit at the moment. Um, so um, so he, he was sort of loved being the, the center of attention, and I got sort of the blowback from his center of attention-ness. And uh, so, but he would never stop. Like, I would eventually have to go home and go to sleep, and he would just still be there. So I, one time I left him at a party and went to home to sleep, and five hours later, he's calling me from the party, waking me up just to say, Jeez, I'm dancing on the ceiling. And I would say, okay, uh, I'll see you tomorrow morning. <laughs> um, so flash forward back to San Francisco a few years later, we hadn't seen each other for a while. And it was kind of due to, you know, these spats that you have with like really intense friends, like from just being so close. So, and, and we were in different countries anyway. And, but anyway, it wasn't like it was the reunion of the big us. It was, the, it was like a friend coming back you hadn't seen for a while. You're afraid to reconnect because of the intensity of the thing. And that friend tells you he has stage four lung cancer. It was, it was like that at the time. So his health kind of declined very quickly and he, not having anyone to take care of him, I became his main caregiver. And I remember days just kind of lying beside him in bed, spooning him when he felt sick from the medicines or sick from the disease itself. And um, 
so I, I went through this for weeks with him just being there for him and doing whatever I could do. And after weeks of that, I um, was taking a walk with my boyfriend. And suddenly I had this big pang in my stomach and my whole body started tingling. I had to go home right now. And my boyfriend was like, you're having a panic attack. And he, he took me home and gave me like half a Valium, put me to bed. But um, as the weeks went on, the, my, my symptoms just increased and increased. Um, so I lost a bunch of weight. I couldn't eat. I, I had diarrhea all the time. I, I was afraid to go out lest I uh, you know, have a symptom that, I, that I'm too embarrassed to have in public. And um, at that time, John had this great doctor um, in San Francisco, what I call a like a Northern California crystals and chi MD. So she was a regular MD specializing in AIDS, but she also had like on her desk, she would have stones and crystals and feathers and dream catchers and things. And she would do this alternative healing as well. And all her patients were like John. So I took him there for an appointment one time and I like, happened to mention my symptoms. And so after she checks him out, she sends him out of the room and she talks to me a little bit and she says, well, tell me what's going on in your life. And so I said, well, it's basically just boils down to spooning John and just being there for him. And, um, and then she said, well, I'll tell you exactly what's going on. You have every symptom that John has, but there's nothing wrong with you. Your body is mimicking his symptoms because your cheese and energies are too intertwined and you need to sort of step back and she didn't want me to spoon him anymore <laughs> and she recommended some stones to disentangle our cheese and and um it it didn't work so because it just didn't work and I could I couldn't didn't know how to do it I couldn't detach myself and so, but, but the problem was solved for me because John decided he wanted to go die in the small town in Ohio where he came from near his mother. And so I said goodbye to him in, in the San Francisco hospital where he was being treated. And I remember it was a sunny day and we just sat outside and I, I had so much to tell him. I wanted to sort of explain why we hadn't seen each other for a couple of years and I, I felt guilty for not being physically unable to take care of him till the end of his life. And I didn't want to abandon him, but you like nothing came out. We just sat there in silence and I could tell he had a bunch of stuff to tell me. And we just sat there in the sun for a really long time. And then all I could come up with was, John, I love you. And then he said, uh, I love you too, Zizh. And then that made us break down and we just kind of cried and just silently together for a while. And then uh, two months later, I get a call from his mom and he was really sick. He was um, lying in bed and she put the phone to his ear. And um, it's funny, like I realized like no matter how little time or how much time you have, there's absolutely not enough time to say what you have to say. So. All I said was, John, I love you. And he said it back, but in a very low whisper. He said, um, I love you too, Zizh. And that was the last time I heard his voice. So. That was Gigi. Next up, Caroline. With another story about friendship. 
so I'm going to take you back to 1979. Um, and I used to be a travel agent. And we used to have, many years ago, trips, work trips, don't you know, going to far-off places to visit hotels for nothing. It was great. Anyway, this, in 1979, the UK had never, ever been into Florida before. That's before all the um, the charter flights go. And I met this girl at the airport, and um, there were two flights. There was one from Catwick, one from Manchester, actually three, another whole flight from Scotland. Anyway, there were loads of people there. And um, I was really kind of young, and so was she, and my roommate didn't show up up and nor did hers and so we really exchanged kind of stories we actually lived close by really not that far away and we became friends so we had the most fantastic trip the fact that we didn't have to pay for it was even better but we had such a wonderful trip to Florida um, at the expense of Air Florida, I think, and the hotels. And we came back and we continued our friendship. And off we went. We loved the same things. We loved gigs. We loved the bands. We loved rock and roll. We loved everything. And we used to go out ever such a lot. And as time went on, um, we were in a pub and we got introduced to a couple of guys. And um, we thought, oh, they're quite nice. Um, pretty cool about it. Didn't say, didn't do anything. So what happened then? A few days later, I got a phone call from one of them. He'd rang every travel agent in East London and he was looking for me and I was so chuffed. I just could not believe it. So we dated a bit. Well, you didn't date in those days. You just got off with them. But we just kind of, we just went out for a bit. And I actually found myself really, really liking this guy. And then there was my friend and he had a friend. And so they got together as well. And as time went on, they really fell in love and they really, really fell in love and they were just so inseparable. And they got married and I didn't. And it was really, in a way, if I'm being really honest, it was really difficult on that wedding because this guy actually got food poisoning and went home, the one I was with. And I had to be really, really happy for my friend who was getting married. And, and I felt happy for her, really happy for her. But at the same time, you know, you just get that little kind of like a little pull. So we carried on kind of dating, going out, getting off, whatever. And, and I went on another trip and I came back and he did say, Caroline, he said, I'll meet you at the airport. Now, I don't know if you've ever been met at the airport, but it's like love, actually. You come out and there's somebody there and he wasn't. And to this day, I still hate people meeting me from the airport. Anyway, he wasn't there. And so I took myself home with my suitcase and he wasn't there either. I mean, we didn't live together, but, you know, he had kids coming and going and stuff. Anyway, a little while later, knock on the door. And it was my friend's old school friend strange what is she doing so my friend Margaret um it was this young friend that she'd known for many many years and she said you know what she said I'm a woman's woman and I've come around to tell you I'm marrying Jerry this is the guy that I was seeing 
And I thought, what? So I'm trying to, I've just come back from a really long trip. I've got this girl who I know is telling me that she is going to be marrying my boyfriend. And it just doesn't, didn't seem right. So I have to say, I had a broken heart bit, went off. For five years, I went off. And my best friend had a baby, um, a little girl. And five years, I just didn't even see them. I felt so betrayed. And looking back, I thought, oh, Maggie, you know, how difficult was that? She's got two friends. But everybody knew. It was one of those situations that everyone knew except for you. And she must have been in the most awkward situation. And I I can actually see that now, that what an awkward situation she must have been in. Anyway, somewhere along the line, um, he got off, got married to this girl. Not anymore, by the way. And um, <laughs> what, ha- which I'm really quite pleased about. Uh, but that's another story. And so, uh, what did we do? I went off. I got another. I got another um, whole bunch of new friends. I went out. I worked in pubs. I got loads of friends. And that's what I did. And then I don't even know, I was sitting just out now, I thought, how did we get back together? Well, we did. And that was with her second daughter came along, and who I absolutely love to bit. Um, they're all in their 20s now. Uh, and we got back together as being best friends. And, and I guess, you know, the aim of the story is that I just think, and I look at them, the two girls that are now grown up, my friend and her husband, and I thought, well, I've had to have a broken heart, and I'm still single, by the way, so it really did impact on me. I've had to have a broken heart, but they have had the most wonderful marriage of more than 30 years with the most beautiful children, and I'm just really, really grateful for that. Thanks for listening to Spark True Stories. If you love what we do, please help us spread the word by leaving us a review on iTunes. For more true stories and to see a live event, head to stories.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.